It's the Real Roots Radio podcast, on-demand content highlighting the best information and entertainment from the Real Roots Radio team. Boomers and Beyond delivers pertinent information for our senior population, brought to you by the Greene County, Ohio Council on Aging. Here's Roy Hatfield. Time once again to visit with our friend, Dr. Kevin Sherritt of the Rural Health Clinics of Greene County and Green Memorial Hospital, serving Cedarville, Yellow Springs, and Jamestown. And we welcome our friend, Dr. Kevin Sherritt in. Doctor, good to hear your voice again. How are you, sir? Hey, good to be with you, Roy. I'm doing great. Never better. How are you? Uh, we're doing okay, trying to, to make it through this crazy world in which we live. And it seems like there's a, a new headline that comes out uh, every day about uh, the coronavirus and uh, uh, something crazy happens every single day. Obviously, uh, there was a big shock uh, early Friday morning uh, when we uh, all found out that the uh, president had uh, got the coronavirus. Now, as we always want to do, we want to stay out of politics, but uh, Doc, we wanted to take a look maybe at the president's treatment today uh, as far as uh, we hear a lot about um, oxygen. We hear a lot about uh, remdesivir, uh, demexalone. Uh, so if you could kind of take us through the president's treatment and uh, what the doctors had to go through. Uh, you know, the president is 74 years old. Um, by technical standards, he would be considered obese. So how did those factors play into the treatment that the president received? You know, Roy, it is interesting. It's, it was interesting for me to watch uh, what they were doing and, and watch the treatment. And you're right. This was detected on Thursday night. And by Friday, the president, um, we're knowing now, we're finding out now that he was running a fever and his oxygen levels were starting to drop. Now, I can tell you, this made his care team nervous. I mean, very nervous because as you said, he's 74 years old. He's um, not the uh, the model of health from the standpoint, you know, he, he, he does phenomenally well for his age in terms of his stamina and endurance and things he does. But he's like me, he's overweight and he's uh, uh, probably doesn't have the best eating habits and, uh, you know, is, is uh, has those risk factors along with his age. And so, I'm certain when they saw his temperature starting to climb and they started saw his oxygen levels uh, start to drop, that there was a, a large amount of concern, which, you know, kind of made sense. Now, looking back on it, while they landed the helicopter in the front yard and flew him over to Walter Reed, once they got him over there, it was interesting uh, from my perspective to see how they approached this. Um, certainly, we're not all the president of the United States and we're not all going to you know, have access to this treatment, but he is the president and he does have access to all this treatment. So they approached it uh, from a multifaceted approach. And the first thing they did right off the bat is they gave him that Regeneron, the antibody treatment, which mm -hmm. is a cocktail of antibodies that had been extracted from patients who had COVID-19. So the first thing they did was try to neutralize the virus with these antibodies. Second thing, you know, along with that, they, they gave him the remdesivir, which is an antiviral treatment. It actually attacks the virus itself. And then the third prong of their treatment was to minimize his immune response. So they put him on steroids. They put him on aspirin. They put him on some other anti-inflammatory medicines. Now, I never really heard him say throughout the course of this, but my assumption is, is that he was still taking the hydroxychloroquine because he, uh, you know, had stated publicly that he had been taking that as a prophylactic, and that is also uh, a way to suppress your immune system. 
So basically, the three-prong approach that they used for him was immediate antibodies, immediate antiviral, and then a focus on shutting his immune system down. Because we know, we've talked about this in the past, the damage from the coronavirus comes from your own immune system. So having said that, the um, approach they used, at least to this point, seems like it was... uh, very effective. He seemed to respond to that. Uh, they say now that after uh, 24 hours of that treatment, his fever was down, his oxygen levels were up, and uh, he was back to normalcy, so to speak. And of course, now, unless something's changed this morning, since I last looked at the news at uh, five o'clock this morning, um, you know, he's quote unquote back in the driver's seat uh, at the White House. So um, it is very interesting to see how they approach this. Uh- Doctor, are, are there still concerns? I mean, we obviously don't have all the information. Uh, it, it seems like the best guess is that it possibly could have been, um, he could have gotten it on, on Saturday from a, an event where a lot of people uh, were outside but weren't wearing masks. It, it sounds like uh, possibly the first um, symptoms uh, showed up uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, you know, once again, we're, we're speculating here. We certainly don't have all the answers. Uh, so as of right now, um, is he still contagious? Because if he is, I would assume doctors would, would be very concerned about a relapse. Or at this stage, is that something you'd be concerned about? Well, in terms of being contagion, you know, there's a lot of still debate about that. But, I, you know, um, my opinion is is that he still would be shedding virus at this point and still does need to be quarantined. And I believe he is. I, I believe that, you know, when you've seen him out afterwards, um, and what little clips I've seen is that there's not been anybody within 10 feet of him, and he's been wearing a mask. And um, so I think you're going to see him quarantined a minimum of 10 days, possibly as long as 20 days. I have heard some uh, discussion that he would be at the debates, I believe, which are next week. And so I'd have to count the days, but you'd be pretty close to that uh, 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 15 to 20 day window at that at that point. So. You know, at this point, we are less than a week out on this, and so I would certainly think that he's still in, in a quarantine situation. Dr. Kevin Shira joining us on Real Roots Radio for uh, Here's to Your Health. Uh, now, doctor, we've talked about remdesivir that is available uh, at a lot of hospitals. It does tend to shorten the length uh, of the disease, and it has been proven uh, to be somewhat effective. I know there are con- some concerns about uh, possibly liver problems, and I know that there are folks looking into that. But you mentioned this this antibody cocktail. Now, the president received this uh, especially, and I forget the term that they used, uh, something, I believe something with compassion or something like that. Uh, do we have any idea when this may be available to the general public? You know, the, the short answer to that is no. Um, I know that uh, it has been used, um, and it, it's been used um, um, experimentally. I know it's been used regionally with, uh, with some patients. But it certainly has not been commonplace, and it's not commonplace now. And so uh, this is not a new idea. It's an old idea. It's something that's, uh, that's been done over the years for other diseases. And so it's not, uh, this is not uh, new rocket science, so to speak. But the availability of it is uh, not widely available um, yet. You know, right after this started, uh, the push was on to uh, 
identified people who had the disease and have them donate plasma, and that's what this donation was for, was for products like this. Since then, we're being told as physicians that they have all of the antibodies that they need and that there's not a push to do this at this point in time. So that tells me that, that somebody is uh, processing this and putting it together, and um, and so that the uh, it should be available at, at some point in time. But I have not personally heard when and, and where and what the push is for that. Now, the remdesivir, that's a different uh, ball game. Uh, I see patients locally, any of the patients that are serious enough to be hospitalized, virtually all of them at this point are getting the remdesivir. Dr. Kevin shared our guest on Here's to Your Health on Real Roots Radio. Uh, doctor, uh, obviously uh, treating patients at the uh, rural health clinics of Green Memorial Hospital with locations in uh, Jamestown, Cedarville, and Yellow Springs. Uh, what have you seen uh, locally with your patients and heard from other doctors in the region? Well, we're seeing, you know, the the um, virus is still active. It's still active in our community. Uh, we're still seeing cases in local nursing homes. We're, we're seeing... Uh, some uh, increase in some of the case, or nursing homes now in the Fairborn area, not just Xenia. Initially it was Xenia, but now we're seeing some increasing uh, cases in Fairborn. Fortunately, we're not hearing uh, about any kind of significant or large number of cases at the local schools, which is a tremendous blessing. You know, mm-hmm. at this point, I would have thought that we would have been seeing some higher numbers at the schools. And don't get me wrong, I'm thankful that we haven't. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so the schools still seem to be laying pretty quiet. Uh, nursing homes it's picking up and then patients we're seeing here you know this is today is tuesday and i think we had a half a dozen or so positive cases yesterday here in the office uh not physically here in the office but patients that uh, we had sent for testing and uh we had like i said about a half a dozen positive cases come back yesterday which is uh, a slight increase from what we've been seeing so it uh, the virus is still out there it's obviously still active and uh, we're seeing you know, cases coming back consistent with that. Testing is getting easier all the time. We don't have in-office testing yet. I know there's a lot of talk about the Abbott test and being available in physician offices. Um, at this point in time, we're not seeing that locally, so that's not something we're seeing yet, but I think that's on the horizon. Certainly the vaccine, you're going to continue to hear talk about the vaccine, and of course there was talk about it being available by November 1st. Um, I doubted that, and I still doubt that. And even if the vaccine does become, you know, approved here before the end of the year, there's still going to be logistics in getting it, you know, getting it out there. And there will be a process in doing that. So I'm still holding to the idea that we're looking at first quarter next year before the vaccine's widely available for, for people that aren't at those highest risk groups. So um, progress is being made. Um, sometimes it feel like, feels like, you know, three steps forward and two steps back. But I think we're still moving forward, and I think things are still looking better. And uh, our worst days, I, I believe, are, are behind us, and our best days are ahead. Well, I certainly hope so. That that sounds that sounds very positive, and we need all the positive news that, that we can get. Uh, I did read an article, uh, an interview with uh, Dr. Fauci, and you know, uh, kind of echoing along your same sentiments. But uh, you mentioned the Abbott test. We've heard a lot about that. Uh, you know, I heard that uh, I believe Ohio was scheduled to get about four hundred thousand of those. Uh, do you think that those uh, will still be used? primarily in the nursing homes and uh, the schools for testing as well. And, uh, you know, are we where we need to be testing-wise in, in the country? Sure. Well, we could certainly do better. I mean, it, it would be uh, better to have more availability testing and be able to turn those tests around. Um, 
certainly, that, you know, that is an area we're looking back. I think we're going to look back and say, hey, we were caught off guard in terms of our ability to ramp up testing. But having said that, um, the highest risk groups are always going to be at the front of the line, whether it's for testing or whether it's for treatment, whether it's for vaccine, whatever it may be, you know, those highest risk people. Um, when I mentioned the people that are coming back positive here in the office, for the most part, they're young people. And to be honest, most of our patients, you know, uh, have very mild to minimal symptoms and, and they're not having really many problems at all. And we're fortunate there. And, and that's the way we want to keep it. Um, the problem is you can't predict ahead of time who's not going to do well. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it uh, very difficult to treat. And so we, we have to be on guard for everybody. But um, as I said earlier, the uh, on all the fronts, there's progress being made. It's not as fast as we'd like to see it, but it's progress nonetheless. And as I said, I, I think our worst days are behind us and our best days are ahead. Well, let's uh, certainly hope so, and it is good to hear a, a medical professional with that opinion. Dr. Kevin Sherritt, always kind enough to join us every Tuesday at uh, 930 as we uh, discuss the uh, latest with the coronavirus and uh, everything that's affecting our region and our world. And, of course, still seeing patients at the rural health clinics of uh, Green Memorial Hospital with locations in Jamestown, Cedarville, and Yellow Springs. Yep, absolutely, and uh, we are... Uh blessed and privileged to serve those communities and surrounding areas and uh, we've been blessed to bring on new providers at all three locations and we have availability that uh, as we get into cold and flu season that's the other thing we can't forget you know we can't put our focus entirely on COVID and take our focus off other uh, enemies that we're aware of so uh, as we come into cold and flu season we're seeing and getting more and more calls at the office and as I think I talked to you before we've opened up our Jamestown office now a beautiful facility here that we have availability from six in the morning till eight o'clock at night. And if patients even need to walk in, we have the, uh, uh, the ability to handle walk-in patients. We have a lab and x-ray here and should be able to, uh, to uh, take care of anything that non-emergent uh, that people would have that they need to get in to be seen. We should be able to get them in to be seen the very day. So just uh, give us a call or come on down and, and we'll be happy to, to do what we can to help. And doctor, like you said, uh, when it comes to flu shots, uh, whether it's the rural health clinics of uh, Green Memorial Hospital, your local provider, uh, a drugstore, uh, we're especially this year recommending that everybody get one uh, you know, with the coronavirus threat as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, flu shots are polarizing. People have different opinions on them, but you have to weigh the good with the bad. And at this point, the benefit absolutely outweighs the risk. So we're encouraging them more this year in particular than we have in the past. Doctor, thanks so much for your time. Always appreciate it. And uh, we'll get together next Tuesday and chat. Don't go out on a limb without remembering your roots. The best in American roots music can be found at Real Roots Radio.